Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What's Hello. up? Happy Monday. Hello. It's Shira and Ryan Ding here. Dong. Hope you're having a great day. I just got back uh, last night from Mexico. It was fun. I got very burned. Really? Yes. My behind, my back. I, yeah. It, you know, I don't know why I keep getting surprised about this. Like, I should be in the shade. Yeah. I am too white to be in the sun. Was it like just ocean Ooh. vibes? Oh my God. Thank you. Was Bring it tropical? It was so awesome. I mean, you don't, I mean. I do. I look, I look like I got a bit of color. Come on. Do you? Thank you, producer Shelby. The color's red. No, <laughs> there is a red light above me in the studio. Don't blame the um, red and, you light. Know, I, I got this. We I, are in the red light district I mean, in the studio. I, I have this dress that I'm wearing today. Uh, I I use this company called Rent the Runway. Instead of buying clothes, I rent clothes. <laughs> yeah, right? sure. It's a pretty no company. I don't know. Maybe people don't know about it. And what are you doing? I'm looking. And so, but my clothes came after I left. So I basically have all, all these beachy clothes to wear. So you know what? Today I'm wearing a, a nice summer dress. Well, I mean, and guess what? You have missed uh, the humidity and the, the heat wave here. that we it are did, in. It was pretty hot there. Uh, like here in Los Angeles. But I also um, got my monkeypox vaccine, first okay. one. Super excited about that. Very, very happy about it. I mean, I didn't experience anything um, out of the norm. It was a very easy, maybe about an hour, hour and a half kind of wait. Not okay. too bad. Did you have to make an appointment? Uh, well... Luckily, I've been. I got hit up by the, um, what is it, the Los Angeles County Health Department yeah. to kind of help spread the word of. Yeah, blah, blah, you blah, know blah. who you're spreading the word for. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they uh, basically gave me the ability to like sign up and get what you my face, which is nice. Um, but I will say, yes, Beyonce's album, not Renaissance, but they just had. I don't know if they were just like, oh, a whole bunch of gay people are going to be in this one little gymnasium. Uh-huh. So let's play all the music that they probably like. Let's make it we. They played the and entire so there was album. DJ, there was like Doja Cat playing in the background. There was a oh. Britney song playing in the background. <laughs> and then there's like, I got my shot while Beyonce's Irreplaceable was playing. <laughs> and I felt like that was a moment they for me. Speaking to you. Speaking the my language and you're right I am irreplaceable because I have my monkey box shot they know the target audience <laughs> I, mean, I, I appreciate that make it a party you know you got to you got to make it because it's awkward and it's also really awkward seeing people on grinder while getting your monkey box like back I'm like for do, real do y'all not have any coups there's no time you to homosexuals. don't skip out on a moment <laughs> on an opportunity <laughs> all right 
Well, coming up on the show, lots of good stuff. Uh, we're also getting real. You know, we're talking about this new study that reveals more about how police treat trans people in California. 3.20 p.m. Pacific, 6.20 p.m. Eastern. Plus how climate change is impacting the future of infectious diseases. 30 Love minutes. Yes. Uh, we also have a giveaway for you. We sure do. Let's talk about Ben, the one and only Platt, because we want to send you to his concert happening right in Orlando, October 6th. Channel Q wants to fly you and a friend to Orlando to see Ben Platt at his biggest North American tour today. Enter to win at WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win. Round trip airfare for two, two night hotel stay, $200 gift card, and two VIP tickets to see the one and only Ben Platt in Orlando, October 6th. Just head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. And I hope when he gets here in Los Angeles that I'll be able to interview him or something. I really want to talk to him and just tell him how much I love him. Ah! That's That'd be a good one. I know. He's so wonderful. And he's cute. He is. But he's in a relationship. Very committed. Gross. You could still enjoy from afar. Let's get into so much trending this hour right now. Catch you up on the news of the day. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Bill Richardson predicted that U.S. citizens Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner, who are imprisoned in Russia, will be freed in a two-for-two prisoner swap in Moscow. I think the negotiations are going to be undertaken. And my view is that I'm optimistic. I think she's going to be freed. I think she has the right strategy of contrition, a good legal team. There's going to be a prisoner swap, though, and I think it'll be two for two uh, involving Paul Whelan. We can't forget him. He's an American Marine. You say two for two, but what about the third American, Mark Fogel? He's an educator. He's, uh, he's facing the prison sentence right now. His infraction was similar to Brittany Griner's. Shouldn't he be included in this? Yes. All of these that are wrongfully detained need to come home despite prisoner exchanges that are not popular. Can you imagine having like being there and you're like, wait, Am I included in this prisoner exchange? Right, come on. Yeah. And not being anywhere in the media or being even finding totally. out. Like, it, that's wild. It's it's really wild to know kind of this is what happens. Yeah, and it, it was <sighs> sad to watch Brittany after the conviction talking about how, how apologetic she was. Yeah. It was really difficult, and I really hope she's freed and comes out of this. It's it's going to be amazing to hear her story after the fact. So uh, moving on to, uh, you know, the white father and son convicted of murder in Ahmad Arbery's fatal shooting in a Georgia neighborhood were sentenced to life in prison for committing a federal hate crime. Both were previously sentenced to life without parole in a state court for Arbery's murder. And finally, uh, some Sad news today, Olivia Newton-John died peacefully at her ranch in Southern California this morning, surrounded by family and friends. Olivia has uh, battled breast cancer for more than 30 years. A specific cause of death was not given, though, although a source close to Olivia did tell TMZ that after a 30-year cancer journey, she lost her battle to metastatic breast cancer. Honestly, so sad news because, one, she did not look 73. Any photo I saw of her or I've seen of her, stunning, absolutely gorgeous. And it's really sad because I was like, wait, she's always, I mean, she's looked, I guess, healthy. I didn't know that she had um, challenges with breast cancer or cancer in general. And so for me, like, it was such shocking news. I literally saw the headline and was like, what? Yeah, me too. It's it's really sad, but. It is. And she's so open uh, sharing her journey. And yeah, again, 73 is still so young. So sending her and her family all our love.
Ah, oh, wow. Okay, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Yo, so I know if you were listening on Friday, we talked about Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson oh. breaking up. It's a done deal. They're over, honestly. Girl, he was literally just a, a um, I want to say it, but like a blank appointment. That's all he was. He was a nine-month-long blank appointment, a penis appointment. Well, he was also, he's always the rebound, by the way. Yes, that's what I'm Ariana saying. Ariana Grande, he's an appointment. he was the rebound. He is literally Kim appointment. Kardashian, if he had a good therapist... Girl, she that, would I, say, don't, I don't got time to watch work out that. for being the rebound. But Kim Kardashian is living over. Um, Kanye West decided to jump into this conversation. Oh, he posted about Pete Davidson's fake death, saying, uh, like, Skeet Davidson uh, dead at age 28 or something. Ab- absolutely awful. Well, a source close to the mogul said that uh, she believes her ex husband is back to his old ways. Kim is living and incredibly upset. Kanye is back. Uh, to his old ways, and Kim will not tolerate his bullying behavior towards the people she loves and cares about. Because if you think this is just an easy situation, Kim is actually very sad about the breakup. She oh. said it's been very hard, according to you know this insider. And they're basically, um, the insider said they're told that distance and schedules contribute to the pair's decision to call it quits, but they still love and respect each other. Oh. Also, he is 28. He was not about to be nobody's stepdaddy to your 15,000 kids. Seems Girl, like he wanted it. He you is know, he's not a father figure. Soul. <laughs> he is nobody's father figure. And he, like, my big thing is, if you're in a transition period, do not make your rebound your man. That's not what he's there for. Now we know. He's there to insert the things that he's supposed to insert. And leave. Yeah, don't leave it in there too long. <laughs> I mean, you can leave it in there. I mean, nine months is a pretty decent time. You know, I just, I hope she moves on and does what she needs to do. And he finds love as well. You know, did you see those memes of him with the queen of England? <laughs> like, you know, I also saw... Um, Keenan Kim break up. He was now he seen was like with the queen He was like holding hands with Martha Stewart. And someone was like, That's this him. is it. Oh this God. is the reason. No, so but you know, also congratulations to Chloe for having a new baby. Super excited for her. Um, you know, even though it's with that man. But yeah, congratulations on the new baby. That is your team report. We got more coming oh, up yeah. next hour. Oh, that was weird too. All right, next up. How the Inflation Reduction Act might impact you and actually change the U.S. at large. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Inflation Reduction Act was passed through the Senate Sunday. They're working hard over the weekend, you know. And it would impact many sectors yeah, of the U.S. economy. They're trying to, I think. I don't know what's going to happen. Here is Democratic Senator Chris Murphy talking more about this. What the Biden administration and this Congress has decided to do is just put legislation on the floor of the Senate that is crazy popular, whether it be changes in our gun laws, helping veterans, lowering the cost of drugs, even the increase on taxes for corporations, hugely popular amongst Republicans and Democrats. You know, Republicans have this reflexive reaction to be against everything that Biden's for, everything the Democrats are for. I mean, that's not good for democracy, but it's not good for them because what we've done is put things on the floor. Yeah, so basically, uh, Senator Chris Murphy was explaining this on MSNBC's Morning Joe and predicted that the 2022 election will be motivated by the GOP opposing crazy popular bills in the Senate. Well, back with us from The Washington Post is Health 202 anchor Rachel Rubin. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So uh, the sectors that this focuses on, Mm -hmm. it seems, are uh, it's climate and health. I know you are the health reporter, so let's double down on what it means in terms of how it will impact our health here in the U.S. 
Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, Democrats campaigned in 2020 on major changes to the healthcare system. And this deal fulfills two of their kind of key pledges here, which is allowing Medicare to negotiate the price of prescription drugs for the first time and making healthcare more affordable for uh, millions who get plans on the Affordable Care Act health insurance exchanges. So there are uh, prescription drug pricing provisions that are meant to make drug prices more affordable for seniors and enhanced financial help for people who get Obamacare plans will remain in existence for three more years until 2020 or through 2025. Wow. Okay. So this feels like just as significant as the inflation measures. But I do wonder, does that mean it's going to automatically happen? Like, how does that work in terms of the timeline? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, something that President Biden had had mentioned today in talking to reporters this morning is that some of these provisions will take time to implement. So let's let's drill down first on the Affordable Care Act provisions. Now, these enhanced tax credits are already in effect. They were passed last year in Democrats' COVID relief package. So that's something that will just continue to be in existence through 2025, which saves roughly 13 million Americans um, hundreds of dollars per year on health coverage through the Affordable Care Act. Now, allowing Medicare to negotiate the price of prescription drugs has not been done before, so that will take a few years to scale up. So, for instance, starting in 2026, 10 drugs will be negotiated, and that will gradually scale up over the next few years. So, and, you know, where are they getting this money? Uh, They're uh, hiking up taxes, for it seems like, for companies. Can can you explain any of that, uh, where they're getting this revenue from to pay for all of this? Um, yeah, so some, so some of the revenue is coming from the prescription drug benefit, which the Congressional Budget Office had um, recently estimated would save the government about 200 and. $88 billion over a decade. Um, now, one or two of the provisions have been tweaked, so that number might be changed a little bit. But some of the savings are coming from the prescription drug benefit. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of this is high-level stuff. And I think if you're not politically savvy, you're like, well, what? how does this impact the everyday person? How is this going to impact my tomorrow or the next few years? Yeah, that I mean, that is definitely a question that Democrats want to message in the midterm election. So when Democrats are on the campaign trail, they have said they want to talk about the benefits in terms of how they see it impacting people. For instance, you know, the 13 million people who get healthcare plans for on the Affordable Health Care Act exchanges um, or seniors who get drugs through Medicare. Another provision would limit 
how much seniors pay for the cost of insulin to $35 per month. So that's another provision that when I've been talking to lawmakers over the past few weeks and days, that they say they want to highlight in terms of how it would impact people when they're campaigning in their states and in their districts. All right. Well, thank you so much for breaking it all down. That was Health 202 anchor from The Washington Post, Rachel Rubin. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Okay, so climate change and COVID have been two of the hottest topics over the past couple of years. Well, could the two be related? Find out more coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now, a new paper has found that 58% of infectious diseases that researchers tracked were aggravated in some way by climate change-related hazards. Now, if we don't get the climate under control, could we actually expect more infectious diseases? Joining us to break this down is Dr. Michael Sag, professor of medicine and director at the UAB Center for AIDS Research. Thank you so much for being here. Good being back with you. Yeah, you know, this is so interesting. I, we always talk about infectious diseases in one category and climate change in another. But seeing the two after reading this new kind of study that's dropped, seeing it being all a part of the same problem is worrisome. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I'm intrigued like you are, but I, I have a little bit of pause because without seeing the actual data, um, it, it's hard to say whether this is coincidence whether it's an association or the more stringent thing that the climate change is causal, meaning that you can show a definite link and we're, we're nowhere close to that, but it is intriguing to sort of juxtapose some of the climate change stuff that we're going through with some of these emerging infectious diseases. As I say that, Ryan, I'm, I'm a little bit focused also on, you know, how much of this just might be coincidence. I don't think there's evidence that, for example, COVID-19 was a climate change-related thing, and I think the article says that, nor would I necessarily think that the monkeypox spread we have now. But the concept of flooding, the concept of uh, other sort of waterborne diseases occurring in places where they might not have been otherwise, I think you can say related to flooding, you might have uh, some some diseases emerging. Uh, Do you think, though, there could be a connection in terms of so if the climate is getting hotter, um, the uh, you know if the infectious diseases can be passed through mosquitoes or other animals, they're more likely to be out and about and in places where humans are. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a connection around that that we're not just getting it from passing from one person to another, but from insects and animals too. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think that's it's a good point that. Some animals carry infections that they get bitten by mosquitoes. Those mosquitoes then bite humans, and you've got an infection in the human that came from the animal. And and that's right. I would say that what we might see isn't so much of a brand-new disease that's, that's associated with this, but rather that the areas that had previously been associated with uh, certain infections, like let's say dengue fever or, um, or something called chikungunya, which is similar to dengue fever, Um, that you might see as the climate warms those types of infections drifting uh, from the tropical areas historically to the subtropical areas that usually didn't have as much of it before. So in the United States, let's say there might have been a few sporadic cases of dengue in, say, South Texas or, or Florida, perhaps. You could see that starting to drift further north. 
or some other infections like that. I don't think we're going to see anything dramatically new. We'll have to keep our eyes open. But I think the concept that we'll start seeing some infections in locations that are not traditionally associated with those types of infections because the temperature was lower previously and now it's high, um, I think we could well see something like that. Well, I wonder, especially as we're talking about the, the possibility of more, through whether if it's you know climate change or not, I wonder how could we, as an administration or a government, how do we need to you know jump on top of this? Because it does seem like with monkeypox kind of you know doing what it's done, <laughs> it's it feels like we we aren't keeping track or we're kind of falling behind actions that we could have taken that we should have learned from just COVID-19 or other things that have um, come in, in contact with us? Yeah, I think the things we can do with regard to infectious diseases is, as you're alluding to, we should track them uh, diligently. Uh, when we start to see signals like we did with monkeypox, react, respond, get the word out, and then create policies that can minimize spread, I think that's always going to be the case. To me, though, I think the real threats of climate change go well beyond infectious diseases. Uh, personally, I'm concerned about the polar ice caps melting and, and the uh, coastal areas theoretically um, becoming flooded in some ways. Uh, that won't happen tomorrow or next year, but it could happen uh, in the next several decades if we don't change our policies. And over the weekend, they passed um, the first legislation that I can recall, besides Environmental Protection Act stuff, um, that's directed at climate. So at least we're starting to react. It would have been better if we had done that a decade or two ago. Yeah. But, you know, it's good that we're moving on that now. We're going to have to get much more serious about that in general um, and not even so much focused on the infectious disease aspect just in general. And I don't think just saying, well, this happens, right? People that are kind of anti-action persons around climate, people around climate change will just say, well, this is just the nature of the beast, how we evolve. And I just think that's not really seeing the the major issue at hand and like how we can possibly do something. Yeah, I Uh, guess we'll just have to see, right? uh, Yeah, I agree with you, though. I think uh, to say that this is fate and that we don't have control over it is uh, a big mistake. We do have control. Uh, it's what we do. It's how we're living our lives. Uh, we need to have some sort of change in behavior and change in focus. And we can reverse some of what we're headed into if we can act wisely. I agree with you there. All right, Dr. Michael Sag, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you once again. Dr. Sag is a professor of medicine and director at UAB Center for AIDS Research. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you. All right, next up, the bizarre reason this Lollapalooza worker was arrested. We go there next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, this is a really scary and sketchy thing to come out of a very popular music festival. Lollapalooza, uh, one of the security workers, has been detained for making a fake mass shooting threat. Okay, this uh, person was charged with a false terrorist threat. What was crazy was how they did this. So... She made the basically the threat through the text now app, sent it to her coworker. So she acted like she didn't do it. She was like, "Look at this! Like, there's a, a threat happening." And then they're like, "Where did you find it?" She's like, "On Facebook. Put up the Facebook post. 
under a fake name, like like made the account. Their away, yeah. Wow. And then all talk the, about the ways you don't want to be at work. You'll come up with anything. I mean, but then thinking like, okay, well, the FBI is now involved, and they see that it came from her IP address, like the text and everything. It's not even funny, but it's like how I mean, one, how dumb are you to do this, and like how much it like. I'm, I feel bad because you must be in a really messed up state of mind to do something like this, fake this. Well, I think, uh, here's the thing. There's a couple of things. To be honest, I think it actually shows how incredibly smart she is in some way, just because... She's using it for the wrong reasons. Well, clearly, but I think it's incredibly smart because once you realize that this is a part of the state of this country, mass shootings, and that this can just happen at any point, I mean... What was more American than a mass shooting happening in, on the 4th of July? Like, I mean, that's happening. And so to know that she's like, well, if I really want to get out of work this bad, I can come up with this elaborate plan. There's no way they're going to figure it out without understanding that they're going to figure it out. Duh, girl, right? And I feel like, unfortunately, does this really speak to the fact that, yes, yeah, she did a stupid thing, to which is so it? dumb? That's horrible. Or does it speak to the fact that this happened so regularly that she thought this was going to be a plan that actually could work and that could, like, end basically her, like, being at this place or, well, who you know, knows what evacuating the entire building. Or was it... I mean, it the entire place. Like that movie, uh, that movie about the person that pretends they were at a, t- uh, a terrorist... Um, uh, shooting in Paris, you know, movie, and then they fake being an influencer. They come back to America. What, what um, there's movie a movie just that? came out, Amazon, about the social media thing. Um, I'm going to look it up. Anyway, or no, it's on Hulu. Uh, so I feel like, and I'm, we're just making this up because we don't know what their motive was, but it's like, do they think they're going to become a social media star by being like, I don't at the think center everyone is thinking about stuff like that. This was somebody who literally just wanted to leave work early. And I think sometimes it can be as simple as that. Like, y'all ain't never made up elaborate, you know, like reasons to not go into work. I have for sure. Like, I've said I've gotten into a car accident or I talk, okay, oh what God, I have to talk horrible. about. The, okay, I haven't done this in forever. Yeah. <laughs> It's called, by the way, the show on Hulu is called Not no, or the movie Not Okay. Okay, no one cares. Anyway, no, uh, I want to hear. <laughs> um, and we gotta go. I have literally, <laughs> I can't believe this. I have literally said that my like grandfather no, died. You've already told us this on, and he's our. Oh, I mean, funny. he's already dead. So I'll I'll say that a family Producer member Shelby died. Is discovering this part That's of not, you. But here's the thing. That's not that big of a deal. He's already dead. No, I just. I'll just say he died. I feel like you don't make jokes about health. He already died. He's been dead for like years. And he is looking up from his. He probably was uh, like, You actually needed that day off, Ryan. This is self care. (laughs) Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Speaking of music, we are doing an epic giveaway. Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, We're talking about Ben Black. Yes. Ben Platt's so wonderful. I, if you really want to know some information about him. Great actor, great music, and he's going to be performing in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I felt like... Um... Flyaway giveaway. <laughs> Let me just do this. Okay. We've said it so many times, I know it off by heart somewhat. <laughs> okay, tell me more. No, that's what, all. What's their chance to win? Uh, they have a big chance of winning. <laughs> Just listen to Ryan and oh he'll tell God. you how. So, yeah, Shira is right. Channel Q wants to fly you and a friend to Orlando to see Ben Platt at his biggest North American tour today. Enter to win at WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, $200 gift card, and two VIP tickets to see Ben Platt in Orlando October 6th. Where do they go, Shira? WeAreChannelQ.com. All right, and enter for your chance to win. Yes. All right. Coming up on the show, a new report shows how often trans people are stopped by police for seemingly no reason. We're covering that in 15 minutes. Plus, Ashton Kutcher reveals more about a rear disorder he has in the T-Report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Senator Lindsey Graham got a rare reprimand for failing to follow the Senate's decorum rules after he attacked Senator Maggie Hassan over a voting tactic. Here is that moment. This gives phony and cynical a bad name. They wouldn't let you do this in professional wrestling. (laughs) If you think people are this dumb, you're going to be sadly mistaken. What she's doing is trying to strike the provisions that she just voted against, but it requires 60 votes so she can vote for repealing a a gas tax she just voted against. So she'll look good for the voters. If you really wanted to repeal the gas tax, the new one, indexed inflation, you should vote for my amendment. What you're doing is deceitful, is dishonest, and we're going to call you out. Oh. Okay. I mean, it's getting ugly there. 
really. Um, it's like it start you, ugly? <laughs> you didn't vote for me, so I'm not voting for you. I mean, it's just so obvious what's happening. Moving on to Florida's Board of Medicine, who voted to begin the process of adopting a new standard of care for transgender individuals, which could ban gender-affirming care for minors in the state. The new rules proposed by Florida's health department in April would prohibit gender-affirming surgical procedures, medications like puberty blocker and hormone therapy, and, quote, any other procedure that alters primary or secondary sexual characteristics for the treatment of gender dysphoria for patients under 18. They would also institute a mandatory 24-hour waiting period for adults seeking gender-affirming care. And finally, in a freak lightning strike near the White House last week, it caused the death of three bystanders, including, oh. yes, uh, Brooks Lamberston, a 29-year-old, James Muller, 76, and Donna Muller, 75. I thought oh. being, like, struck by lightning gives you superpowers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's actually really sad. It is. Even though that's like, it's so interesting because I saw, I just saw a video. Uh, someone was on a golf course and their golf ball that they hit into the air literally got struck by lightning. There's so many things that are happening. happening. You know, there was um, I've never seen that. a thunderstorm, like rain and thunderstorm when I was in the water on, in Mexico. And I thought to myself, you know, people are just still hanging in the water. It's thunders ha- happening from far away. But you think to yourself like, oh, could I be struck in this water? Right? Things like yeah. that. Anyway. There was uh, a California student that was struck, too, on her 20th birthday and survived after she was revived by agents who raced to the scene with a defibrillator. It is likely she was saved by the thick rubber airwear soles on Dr. Martin's boots. Doc Martin's. Oh, yeah, sorry. Dr. I don't know Martin? I don't know why I said Dr. Martin, because I wear Dr. Martin's. <laughs> I was just reading it. Like, sorry, Dr. Martin's. It absorbed some of the impact. More reason why you should get Doc Martin's and why they will stand the test of time. I... Love my Doc Martens. Shout out to this Dr. Martens. This is a good, good, sad commercial for Doc Martens. <laughs> Some people died, but not the one, the woman with Doc Martens. Wow. The Airwear Soul, is that the really thick one or the smaller one? The thick one. I have, I have two of those. Okay. All right, that was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News. Yeah, let's change that subject. So um, Ashton Kutcher is actually revealing uh, something that I don't think a lot of people knew about him. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Uh, He revealed that uh, that he deals with an autoimmune disorder, and it left him without the ability to see, hear, or walk. He said, like, two years ago, I had this weird super... Oh, is this the clip that I have? Oh, my God, I love that even better. Okay, let's let's hear from our very own... Ashton Kutcher. I had this weird, super rare form of vasculitis that like knocked out my vision, knocked out my hearing. Yeah. And knocked out like all my equilibrium. It took me like a year to like build it all back up. You don't really appreciate it until it's gone, until you go, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to see again. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to hear again. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to walk again. Wow, what an ordeal. That is wild. So He basically said it took him about a year to build each sense back up again. Uh, Vasculitis is a very rare autoimmune disorder that can cause inflammation of the blood vessels, resulting in restricted blood flow. Uh, There are many uh, types of vasculitis, but most affect at least one organ. Wow. When did this happen? Like two years ago. So it wasn't, you know, they would say like uh, getting a vaccine. No. 
You know, I, COVID sometimes. I wonder what impact, like what Are you being this. an anti-vaxxer right now? No, I was wondering. <laughs> Blood clots could impact your okay, immune system. I'm just wondering, well, said, how did it happen? Stress? You don't really appreciate it until it's gone, until you go. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see again. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to hear again. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to walk again. He says, I'm lucky to be alive. Now he's, of course, fully recovered from this health scare. Um, and says he does not let any challenge stand in his way of success. You know, he has found the other side. Nope. And he's a part of um, this new show that is airing on Monday on National Ge- Geographic called Running Wild. Okay. That's your report. Thank you Check for sharing that. That was interesting. Next up, new numbers show uh, that trans people are more likely to be stopped by the police. Why? Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A new report has revealed how police officers treat trans individuals across California, and the results are not so surprising, unfortunately. Uh, But what do we do about this? Bambi Salcedo joins us right now, the CEO of the Trans Latin Coalition. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you, and shout out to the beautiful listeners. Yes, thank you. We love that energy. So tell us about how some figures, uh, or some figures that stood out for you from this report. Well, I mean, you know, this report is really not surprising to myself and to many members of our community. Um, This is just an illustration of the realities that we uh, continue to experience. Uh, the only difference is that, you know, now there's actual proof uh, to let the world know that this is our realities and the hope is that, you know, we do something about it, right? So that we don't continue to experience this type of situation. Definitely. And what you're referencing, and I, I just want to be specific from this study, what came out is that trans people in California are far more likely to be stopped by police due to, quote, reasonable suspicion. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. And that is uh, why we as an organization uh, co-sponsor a bill, which is Senate Bill 357, which, um, you know, decriminalizes uh, a particular law uh, that was specifically created to, um, you know, to oppress and marginalize and criminalize um you know, individuals like ourselves, trans people and, you know, sex workers and just, you know, people of color for the most part. Um, and so, you know, this certainly is it's, uh, one of the gains that we hope, uh, you know, create the changes that need to happen for us to have better qualities of life. No, most definitely. And I think that next step that you all are working on is so important. But I think it takes time for that actually to be implemented or for that change to come, especially through a leg- uh, legislation, a legislative type of way. So I wonder what are some tangible things um, that your your organizations either telling other trans folks that you're working with are like, how do you navigate this knowing that reasonable suspicion from an officer is the way that is the, I mean, the simple way of them locking folks up or taking them into custody. It, it feels very extreme. How do you navigate that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, there certainly needs to uh, have and uh, we need to have an a, a structural and, um, uh, you know, it's systemic change, right? Because, um, you know, this um, language, right, that 
is used like a reasonable, uh, you know, it, it's it's just a creation, right? That um, of a narrative, really, to specifically target uh, members of our community, right? Um, we know that we are criminalized simply because of who we are. We know that um, we are stopped and profiled uh, simply because of who we are, um, but also because, you know, we as a community have been pushed into, um, you know, to be engaged in uh, the street economy, right? For us to live in poor neighborhoods and neighborhoods that are considered to be hot, per se, right? Um, and that, you know, we we get criminalized simply yeah. because of who we are, even if we're walk, walking down the street, right? And so um, I guess, you know, this reason, right, in quotes, um, is just a justification for them, uh, you know, for law enforcement really to be oppressive and decriminalize and, and uh, discriminatory and, and, and really an attempt to mar- continue to marginalize Definitely. Us. I mean, the number that uh, trans people were stopped four times, the, uh, the figure for s- then cisgender people is just wild. Uh, and you mentioned the, the bill that you're pushing for, but what else can be done um, from advocates and allies? And of course the police, because there needs to be some training there, as we know. Well, again, there needs to be segment changes, right? Um, uh, but uh, but I think you know so the Senate Bill 357 is uh, the governor signed it so it is the law in California now and so um, it, it, there just needs to be an implementation process that needs to happen um, and obviously you know I, I think one of the things that is important to understand is that you know legislation and laws pass every single day right uh, but a lot of the uh, a lot of community members or even you know the public or law enforcement don't even know about it right and so we need to do that educational piece we need to make sure that law enforcement understands uh that there's protections for trans people now and they should not violate the law right um and so we just need to make sure that all of this um you know it's actually all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. That was Bambi Salcedo, CEO of the Trans Latina Coalition. Have a great rest of your day and thank you for your work. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. All right. So the fall of Roe is creating obstacles for everyone seeking reproductive health care. But what unique obstacles would lose those with disabilities face? What did I just say? Does, that makes no sense, right? With those with <laughs> with disabilities. Those with yes. disabilities. I'm like, what did I just say? <laughs> Coming up next, promise the conversation's good. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Now, people living with disabilities already face obstacles when it comes to health care. The fall of Roe will have particularly harmful implications for many of the 61 million American adults living with disabilities. Here to discuss is Chloe Valentine Toscano, a disability rights advocate and writer for them. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I think what's really interesting here is, of course, with the fall of Roe v. Wade, a lot of people have only been kind of thinking about what, you know, abortion access, right? But in what ways is this impacting other folks who are dealing with, you know, I mean, people with disabilities, other marginalized groups? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I think that we've heard a lot talked about, of, for example, some people um, who, of course, have trouble accessing health care. And then after that, these people on top of that are having to some, depending if you're in the southern states, having to travel further away. Um, the thing is, this is really disproportionately impacting the disabled community, because since we are a marginalized group as well, um, we're being kind of doubly impacted because there's just like a myriad of other effects that are resulting from the overturning that are kind of just cascading, making this just like a huge disproportionate impact um, on the disability community. When it, when it comes to all of this, uh, you mentioned this in your article, the uh, intersections when it relates to the disability community, too. People in the disability community are already uh, three times as likely to get sexually assaulted. Um, so for me, I was coming at it from a perspective of I can't, con- obviously, I can't control the fact that I have one arm, but I can control the way in which I protect myself. And protecting yourself doesn't end at what you do during the assault or before. It keeps going afterwards. Um, and that is super important to have. If we have aspects of our body that we innately will never be able to control, that's just innate to disability. If the things that we can control are being taken away, more of our autonomy, which has just historically already been attacked repetitively, is now being taken away. Yeah, and I just wonder, why do you think there is always this disconnect with how society views people with disabilities, especially when it comes to these huge issues that impact you all? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is just a lack of just a lack of knowledge. Um and there's just a, a light that's just never shown on the disability community, or not enough, at least, um, where people don't always realize. And you have people who aren't disabled, or for the most part, uh, making these decisions, and they have no idea what it's like to live in anyone else's body. Now, you know, you make that a disabled body. And then you have these things that keep happening, because, I mean, disabled people already have trouble with their reproductive rights being under attack. I mean, they've never been equal. And 
so it's a process of not having equality and then further making it unequal from this lack of knowledge, this lack of discussion. And then I think there's also a factor of people not, we're not thinking two steps further, you know. Go go ahead. Sorry. No, you mentioned so much. many interesting things in your article that I think are important to take note of. Uh, these reproductive rights are needed, including for those with disabilities. And you also mentioned how uh, those with disabilities are twice as likely to be living in poverty compared with those without disabilities. So imagine what those face in terms of financial barriers as well towards accessing care. And then you add this, you know, this on top of that. It makes it really difficult. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a huge reflection of just structural inequalities that exist um, because, you know, if a disabled person is going to be forced to carry to term, they will require in-person health care, um, which, you know, aside from you have now this combined with financial limitations um, and now you have physical limitations, those with mobility issues and those with immune conditions are going to have to be displaced more often. Um, for some, this level of constant care um, is going to be unachievable, again, because of these structural inequalities that exist, um, which will lead to some folks going without medical attention. Right. Yeah, and I, I guess as we wrap this conversation up, because we've learned so much here, what can be done? What, how can people get involved? What should we be thinking about moving forward? Um, I think it's something, it's just something that keeps needing to be talked about Um And we need to be thinking two steps further, you know, because this isn't just about pregnancy. I mean, you have your folks who rely on methotrexate, which is the drug that's uh, present in medication abortion and for to treat, for example, um, flare ups of rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. Um, And there are a lot of these things that are being collaterally impacted because of a failure to think um, ahead. Um, because we're stopping at thinking about pregnancy, but this is so much more than that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. Chloe Valentine Toscano, disability rights advocate and a writer for The Not Us. Please head over there to check out the beautiful work um, that she really continues to do on that website. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, well, next up, are you ever creeping around someone's profile and accidentally like a post from years ago? I know I've been there. What to do when you're caught lurking after this? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Have you been caught on social media stalking someone before? Maybe you follow <laughs> someone by mistake or you maybe like a post from it's like forever ago. It's never by mistake. And it's Subconscious. always pointed. And that just happened to me, actually. Really? Yeah, I was looking. Um, I was like going far, far back, like far back into uh, someone's Instagram. And I accidentally like like tapped a photo um and i was just looking just casually you know but it's someone that i did not want i like you know you can't look at stories because it's like if you don't want to respond to a text message you just go look at their other stuff and so because of stories that means you're actively looking yeah but i accidentally liked a, a couple of things by accident i had to take it back but i mean at that point i feel like if they have their notifications on like some psychopaths and that will well, be, if, that yeah. will rename mute in this room. I don't have my notifications. I know who else does. Oh, listen, <laughs> I don't have followers like y'all do. So yeah, and you want to no see following. when pe- you want to see when people are. Yeah, I have doing friends stuff. that send me memes. I have my mom that likes my pictures, and I would like to see those notifications. Yeah. I don't have crazy followers like y'all do. So. Damn. 
<laughs> you know what? Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't n- know. I don't get no- notifications, but so you could be stalking me. I welcome stalkers. No, I don't. That was a joke. Obviously. Uh, my my boyfriend actually gets notifications for everything. So he'll be like, do you know who this person is? Like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, that is a friend of a friend. Like, I'll have to explain everything of how that, yeah. who that person is in my life. Or, oh, that's a random follower that has been following me since, like, forever ago. I don't know. You know, I feel like sometimes stalking gets a bad rap. Because some stalking can be good and some stalking can obviously be bad. What yeah. good stalking is like you're doing your work, you're doing your research, you need to know who you're about Due to Due diligence. Like, you know, you need to know what you're signing up for. So sometimes that's very important. Or sometimes that's just a compliment. Like I'm going back and seeing who you are, where you've been, what type of person you are. And- How do you find that out? <laughs> I was kind of digging deep into that thought. But uh, no, but I, I do think it's interesting to go back in the history just to see how someone's evolved, uh, what types of jobs, what types of friends they've had, where they've been, you know, and I'm in a relationship. So uh, <laughs> good tell. I still. Did you know that? Producer listen, did you know no, Sharon was is, in a relationship? This is new breaking news. Had no clue she had a relationship. <laughs> we need a breaking news button. Like <laughs> we do. This is it. This is it. Hell no. Hell <laughs> No, I would. <laughs> Here's the thing: is like I, I'll admit it. I still stalk people of all backgrounds, exes? professionally. Yeah, I, I will stalk exes. I'll just stalk people that I was like, oh, that person was cute, or like maybe in a, in another life that could have happened. I oh, wonder what they're doing. So that's what you're doing after an NFT con- conference. No, it's not. You're literally stalking. Or someone, the if you someone just does met. comment on my thing, I'm like, I haven't heard from them in a while. I'll go back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or someone pops in my head. I wonder what they're at. Well, you kind of have to do the whole stalking thing now, especially on social media. Like if you have like social media sites like Instagram, where not everything's kind of uh, chronological anymore. Like you have to kind of go back and be like, wow, I've missed like 17 new posts. Yeah. I am so disconnected. Let me go and like like all of these things. Here's the thing. Um, you know, we do have a call to action here, something to help you because if you Love have that. found yourself in this situation, uh, what do experts say? What do you do about it? One, uh, someone said, just realize and accept the fact that everyone does it. And if even if they see it, they've probably done it too. I mean, that's a big thing. Everyone's done it. Yeah. Like, why would no one not do it? I think people freak out, which is why they have a Finsta, a fake Instagram. Which, same. Do I, don't, have that. I don't have time. I have that. Yeah. You who, do? Who doesn't mm-hmm. have that? Ugh, mm-hmm. I don't have the time for it. Yes. I have a... Oh, I almost said I have an alt Twitter, too. Mm-hmm. What is... Oh. Ugh. I don't have one of those. I just have it's a private Twitter. Twitter's for, like, porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's true. So you don't go and liking and retweeting things on your actual uh, Twitter. That Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I see a lot of porn. See, I don't know what happens mm, on no. like... Randomly something will pop in my feed and I'll be like, what is that? Like, it will come out of nowhere? Yeah, because that means somebody accidentally liked it. Mm-hmm. I'll see that. Oh. Even if it's not straight up porn, it's just something kind of... Porny. Porny, yeah, that I don't want to <laughs> read. Um, and it'll be whoever likes it. It's like someone from high school. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. You got you, you to gotta do it the You know, way. the best way to know, uh, like... My boyfriend will go on Instagram a lot in front of me, and the best way to know what they're really looking at is go to their Discover page. <laughs> Isn't that like your TikTok for you page as well? Yeah, because then it can, you could see the types of content they've been looking what at. What has he been looking at? Oh, a lot of geeky like construction stuff. Oh, it's not even good stuff. It's not even. You could have like, kept that to yourself. Like, dancing. Randomly, I'll see a girl and a da- dancing and all that because he looks at people dancing. But at any rate, just remember, calling it stalking is silly. So you're not a stalker. You're a lover of Instagram, I guess. More next.
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. And right now we're doing a flyaway giveaway. Oh, yeah, we are, right? Um, Actually, real quick. Keep talking. Well, uh, can I talk about the person? Ben Platt? Yeah, you can if you want. His music. I'm a big fan of The Politician on Netflix. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I've been wanting to... Um, I've been hoping that they were going to come back, but I don't think yeah. they are. No, oh, that's sad. You know Ryan Murphy. But here's more information about the giveaway. Channel Q is flying you off to see Ben Platt. I can't imagine my life without it's his biggest North American tour to date with special guest Allie and AJ. Whoa, whoa. We'll fly you to Orlando, put you up in a fabulous hotel, get you ground transportation, and VIP tickets to Ben Flack. To win, all you gotta do is go to wearechannelq.com. Thanks to AEG. All right, there you go. Ben Platt, wearechannelq.com. Go get those tickets now. Uh, but coming up on the show, as Gen Z enters the workforce, you know, they have some different perceptions on taking lunch breaks. We're talking about that in 15 minutes. Uh, then we've also got some tea in a moment involving Britney Spears. Woo, there was a lot of Britney Spears drama over the weekend, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Okay, stick around for that. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. The Pentagon has not changed its assessment that China is not planning to invade Taiwan in the next two years, despite Beijing's launching unprecedented military drills around the island last week. Colin Kyle, the Undersecretary of Defense for Policy, commented that the Pentagon does not think that China will imminently invade Taiwan. I mean, pretty optimistic point of view. Here he is. Uh, Speaker Pelosi's visit is not the first time that a Speaker of the United States House of Representatives has traveled uh, to uh, Taiwan. Certainly, uh, uh, congressmen and women uh, from the United States regularly go uh, to Taiwan. Legislatures from around the world uh, go uh, uh, to uh, Taiwan. Uh, our Congress is an independent uh, uh, body of our of our government. Nothing about the visit uh, visit changed one iota of uh, of the U.S. Uh, government's. Uh, policy uh, toward uh, uh, Taiwan or towards China. Um, so really, China's reaction was completely unnecessary. Okay. I don't know. I don't know even who to believe anymore because um, it's just a bit of a mess everywhere. All I know is we are in the unprecedented time where I just don't second guess anything. So if you yeah. feel like it, I think you got to lean into the fact that this is a possibility. Exactly. As as you say, plan B. Get the plan B, right? Plan B, always. Yes. Uh, moving on to uh, the Earth, our Mother Earth, who broke a record for the shortest day since atomic clocks were invented. So, yeah, if you feel like there's less time in the day, you're actually right. Scientists recorded the shortest day on Earth since the invention of the atomic clock. Our planet's rotation measured... In at 1.59 milliseconds short of the normal 24-hour day on June 29th, it's because of the speed of Earth's rotation speeding up. And guess what is to blame for that? Global warming, specifically the melting of the glaciers. You know, I did find really cool. Uh, what I did find really cool recently, I believe there, there was like a photo of like the most like close. It was like the, the, a new photo of the closest image that they had to the sun. And it looked like really interesting. Like, it just looked like, I don't know. And honestly, the sun looks friendly. I know it's hot, but it looks friendly. I think it looks fuzzy. Like, I want to yeah, run my right? hand through it. Like, it yeah. looks interesting. Did you see uh, there was someone who posted a picture of, their, like, of they said something in space and it was really a sausage? Did you see that? No. We got trolled. <laughs> sausage. Wait, yeah. They thought it was a sausage. No, no, it was a sausage. 
and in she just space? trolled. No, she actually took a picture oh. of a sausage. <laughs> so, so this is a French scientist, and then we'll wrap this up. Oh, Etienne funny. Klein tweeted an image as a joke and a cautionary tale about fake news. People took it seriously. So uh, they posted this image saying uh, the space telescope had taken the image um which resides 4.2 light years away. And it was a circle with like red and little bits of white. And it was actually uh, a piece of sausage. <laughs> they wrote this level of detail. A new world is revealed day after day. That is so awful. Like people should be ashamed. <laughs> yes. So just watch oh, what you look at. But yeah, that's wild. I thought it was an interesting connection. Uh, let's move on uh, to some tea. Yeah, Britney Spears is literally, you know, having to combat her ex, Kevin Federline, over the weekend. Apparently, Kevin decided to publicly discuss her relationship with their sons in a new interview. He literally was talking about that the um, the kids are, um, you know, they're choosing not to see her. And it's just like really wild. He says the boys have decided they are not seeing her right now. It's been a few months since they've seen her. They made the decision not to go to her wedding. Federline also told the outlet he interviewed with that he and his sons were upset about an allegation Spears leveled on Instagram and accusing him of refusing to meet with her when she was pregnant with one of their sons. Uh, Federline threatened to sue his ex-wife over the since-deleted statement. And so, of course, you know, like anybody, Brittany... Um, is not going to hold back. And her husband, Sam Asgari, is not going to hold back. He's basically Thor. Um, I don't know, his because uh, that's Asgari is the people in Marvel. If that was a nerdy joke, sorry. Should control myself next time. Okay, uh, she wrote on her Instagram stories after hearing about all this, only one word, hurtful. It saddens me to hear that my ex-husband has decided to discuss the relationship between me and my children. As we all know, raising teenage boys is never easy for anyone. It concerns me the fact that the reason is based on my Instagrams. Um, it was long before I gave them Instagram. Um, it was long before Instagram I gave them everything. I'll say it. My mother told me you should give them to their dad. I'm sharing this because I can't. Have a good day, folks. She didn't follow up an original uh, to follow up her original message saying, in addition to what I said in my story, as their stepmom says, whatever is happening outside this home has nothing to do with his home. I would like to share the door to outside is a token to the white gates I've been kept from for 15 years. The conservatorship has only been over for eight months. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of back and forth. Sam also had some two cents, you know. He he kind of dragged. If you want to find out more, head over to weirdchannelq.com, but I really hate that she's going through all that. Yikes. All right, well, next up, does taking a lunch break at work make you look bad? Well, Gen Z seems to think so. It does. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Does a lunch break help improve your productivity at work? Well, it seems uh, like a survey that was done by Easy Cater found that one in 10 employees never take a break from their desks. 70% of workers also eat while they work at least once a week. So that eliminates any time to recuperate. It seems like a lot of people, I mean, don't see the value in eating, but more important, I would say. What? 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 Don't see the. How victim blaming is that? Wait, there's two sides. That and then they're also, I mean, they're prioritizing their work above and beyond themselves. Yeah, because of why? Hustle culture and capitalism. Or because that's the environment that that company probably sets in. And also, I think that's something that you hear about when you're transitioning over to like um, from like being a young adult to actually having to adult 
for me anyway, I think um, I was so nervous about messing it up or so nervous about not being able to be on top of everything or just like getting into the space that I, I literally out of the anxiety would be like, I'm not moving from this seat. Like yes. I will probably, maybe, maybe I'll go use a bathroom, but I'm not moving that from this seat wild. because I want to make sure I get this done. And then also because of like, you just, you, it's, it's no one really, especially from that transition period, no one really tells you how to tackle kind of going into corporate spaces. No one really sees that. And then like when you find it, when you're there, you're learning by examples of others, but like those are people who have already had the experience of being there for so long. So of course they've kind of gotten a a, a hang of it. That's not, a, they're not a newcomer anymore. And I think there's a lot of things for me, like even when it comes to eating, it's unfortunately created a, 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 a bad habit. No, oh, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't like to go to lunch. Like, I refuse to go to lunch. And you bring up something really important because a lot of these numbers do come from Gen Z, right? Uh, because, and, and which means that every time I think a young, um, a group enters the workforce, one, they aren't taught, and there is a feeling that they need to, you know, do it all, show up for it all. There's no sense of boundaries. They weren't taught that and then you get to know yourself you gain more confidence and you realize that you can figure it out right and it's normal to uh producer shelby is nodding her head a lot and i want to see what you think about this um this is exactly my situation it took me a month two months to set boundaries for myself because because i was very like this is my first real job like i need to just do everything so everyone thinks i'm great and um but you're right, Ryan, in that, like, I started, like, leading by example, or, like, leading others' examples, whereas, like, y'all will eat and work, so I'll eat and work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not stepping away to take a, a lunch break separate from everyone or separate from work. I just do it while I'm working. So, I don't know if, if y'all didn't do that, would it be different for me? Like, um, I really think it depends on on the culture of the, the company. Yeah, and I also felt like sometimes taking lunch breaks, for me even taking lunch breaks, going to get food, I would come back and I would feel tired. I would come back being like, oh my God, like I wish I would have just pushed through because it's only a few more hours I can push through and by the end of the day and I can just like hang out. So we all know that's not necessarily healthy. I mean, listen, everyone has their own To you. No, it's not healthy for your body to just spend hours. What's the data, Dr. Shira? Can you text your boyfriend to ask him? A nutritionist would say that, you know, (laughs) spending hours not eating um, or, you know, and having a meal isn't necessarily the best. And, you, you know, you do that out of anxiety, nervousness, and adrenaline. And that's and then you yeah, end up having a whole meal at the end of the day, and it's not good super, for your blood sugar it's still levels. Also, I, that's you. No, that's that actually you. No, no. No. I, <laughs> Thank you, just because it's you. Y'all no, don't speak not, for everybody. It's, it's not us. Like, what are you talking about? That is a, but that also doesn't speak. I, no. I know people, I know tons of people who can work in, in that moment. Work of for course, a certain I'm amount of saying you don't get it. enough flow and sometimes could work through But that's a what I'm talking time. about. But if you're doing that every day. Can, there's some people that can actually do that, prefer that. That doesn't mean it's a good thing for your body not, just because you do I did, it. I, did, I never said it was a good thing. That's I just what, said that's that. What I'm about. I, but I'm saying that is something that it can happen. And I of also course. think it can be a benefit like for them if they want. I mean, it was a benefit for me. Yeah, until you're saying it isn't. Right. And so it's just about knowing like not to be honest, I still go about that way. I think listen, I like different it. strokes for different folks. Whatever, I like to eat when know. I can eat because I, I want to enjoy my meal. I don't want to have to like sometimes well, that's the fact, thing. culturally having lunch breaks, they're only a certain amount of time. 
something you have to get to a corporate level for you to probably well, get that's a full why hour. We got to change Regular jobs that. are just like well, 30 minutes. We're talking about how we got to change that. Executives got to change that. Companies got to change that because it's not normal. We shouldn't normalize it. Um, take a break at lunch. Doesn't mean you're going for a leisurely freaking fiesta. Or siesta. <laughs> just means like eat mindfully and do something that's, for yourself. Well, that's like still subjective. Okay. Next up. Because what's, what's eating subjective. mindfully? <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so we did have a topic that we were going to cover, but guess what? There is breaking news that the FBI ex, uh, is ex, basically it's performing a search warrant on uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, Florida. And the former president confirmed this to CNN. Trump declined to say why the FBI agents were at Mar-a-Lago, but the former president said the raid was unannounced and, quote, they even broke into my safe. Joining us to break this down even more is Ryan Basham, you know, political commentator. He's been on here on Let's Go There. Thanks so much for being here on this, I mean, super breaking news moment. What do you think? My pleasure. Yeah, this is, um, it's, you know, with all things Trump, it's hard to know in the moment how monumental any one event will be. This is inside a legal process and, you know, processes that we not a part of them feel like they take forever however um the uh to my knowledge the fbi has never raided the personal home of a former president before and and mar-a-lago is um the president's and in fact it sounds like based on our so far that the raid was focused on the part of the property that's the personal home of uh, of Donald, Melania, and um, and their son, Barron. Um, so it, it sounds like, you know, Mar-a-Lago is a massive property, and, and there were a lot, there were apparently a lot of agents there, however, that would be normal, even in a small, regular-sized home. They usually, they often send a dozen agents or more, um, and it makes sense that they would need more just because they're going into a large property uh, as a matter of protocol. Um, but it also sounds like, you know, Trump in his statement complained that they broke, quote unquote, broke into a safe of his. Uh, any any standard search warrant would have given investigators permission to go anywhere that something that they're looking for may be. Yeah. And if it could be in a safe, they can break into the safe. So it sounds like, <laughs> you know, he's trying to get ahead of something or make it sound bad. But this is really part of the course as far as search warrants searches by the FBI go. Yeah, he continued on, and this is going to become, I'm sure, uh, a narrative we're going to see more of. Uh, He said it it would only take place in third world countries. However, this is what I'm saying, is maybe if he didn't do what he did, like we're living in a third world country, this would not have happened. Um, He said, sadly, America has now become one of those countries corrupt. Uh, That What is the difference? And I want you to answer this, Ryan, because Trump said this in his statement. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democratic National Committee? Well, um, this was a properly executed search warrant, um, and the process for that um, is pretty straightforward. You know, the FBI had to lay out in an affidavit uh, that they um, what they thought was there, um, that they had probable cause that it was there recently, um, and all of that together and the evidence that they would need uh, for probable cause to show to a judge, and then a judge had to sign off on it. So unlike a third world country, even unlike... Um, breaking in in Watergate. This is um, a, a standard 
uh, process that is a part of our legal system that is part of why we are not a third world country. We have we are a country of laws. And um, by every account so far, this was a lawfully executed subpoena. So so uh, our search warrant. So for him to say that this is somehow a banana republic thing uh, or corruption on the part of the Democrats is pretty absurd. In fact, it turns out the White House didn't even know it was going to happen. They found out about it when Donald Trump made a statement. Wow. So it's hard to imagine. And to it, the FBI director that would have over that would have signed off on this, given that it's such a high profile person, was appointed by Donald Trump. Now, he's gone on to say he regretted it, but but it's still Donald Trump's FBI director. So let's talk about how the timing of this is happening and how it could possibly impact you know, midterms. It's really quite interesting. Is this another situation where we'll see where, you know, former President Trump's, like, I guess, weight is further, you know, isolating itself from the Republican Party? Can Republicans still stand beside him when something like this is going on right now? Well, there have been so many moments that we thought would be the watershed moment that make the Republicans, who vast, the vast majority of whom know better, uh, actually finally say the truth, which is that this is not a man that they should try to continue placating or uh, or let be a part of the Republican Party. Um, but so many of those moments have come and gone and that hasn't happened. So, you know, who knows what we what I will say, though, is um, these grand jury, uh, the grand jury testimony coming from such senior level people at, at such a quick clip. I, take what makes you want to go back on something I said before, which was there's no way that they could uh, indict Trump before that 60 day period before the midterms, because they have to do so much legwork to you know, double check the January 6th committee. But since then, they've moved very quickly. I still would be surprised if they indict Donald Trump before the midterms. But now that the pace that this is moving at, if they have something to indict him on, I wouldn't be surprised if it were the week after the midterms. So we may not see the Republicans be held fully accountable at the ballot box for their associations with Donald Trump assuming he were to get indicted this time around. But if he's indicted between now and the general election in 2024, uh, who knows how that could blow up the Republican Party and their prospects and their planning in terms of candidates they want to run. I bet it's going to be messy. Um, and while it's not good for our democracy to have this kind of stuff happening, it needs to happen. And so I'm yeah. kind of here for it. Yeah, so we're actually going to keep you on because I want to know, and I think a lot of people are thinking this, when you're about to see, like when you're going in someone's home, you would think people would be smart to not have evidence there, but you just never know. So let's continue to discuss this as this news continues to develop. We'll have more Ryan Basham up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Again, we've been covering the breaking news of uh, the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, former President Donald Trump's resort home in Palm's, uh, Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, I have a feeling and, Trump's soul is going to be broken very soon. Uh, Trump said his residence is, quote, in a statement, currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Back with us is our political commentator, Ryan Basham, as we dive into all of this. Uh, thanks for being here. My pleasure. I mean, this comes hours after Politico reported that attorney John Rowley, a former federal prosecutor who's now representing Trump, um, is in talks with the Department of Justice about executive privilege issues relating to uh, the investigation of the January 6th Capitol riot. What was this connected to exactly? And like, how, how is he still talking about executive privilege? Well, I, the constellation of things uh, pertaining to uh, the FBI, the Justice Department and Donald Trump is kind of vast. 
so that they were discussing a topic with someone at the Justice Department doesn't necessarily mean that's inclusive of all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reports. Are, so so uh, Maggie Haberman of The New York Times uh, uh, is tweeting about this live tweeting. This as she and her colleagues are discovering something things, by the way, which I highly recommend following. Um, but she's reporting that this was at least in part, according to three sources, uh, at least in part, Related to, you may remember, uh, shortly after Trump's presidency, it came out that he had taken about 15 boxes worth of documents improperly to Mar-a-Lago, and many of those documents included classified information, and he delayed returning them until he was directly threatened with, um, with uh, I think, active means to retrieve them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this is at least in part to do with that, but, but not necessarily exclusively. You know, I mean, as I said, there's a whole constellation of things that the FBI is looking at Trump and his associates around. So it could be that they were searching for multiple things. I mean, we just, we just don't know. And, you know, it could be, it'll be months and months before the affidavit itself comes out in court proceedings, assuming that it leads to some kind of charges. Um, but, you know, there are pieces, you know, the evidence associated with it um, could come out earlier. You know, uh, sometimes the target of an investigation is provided with some information pertaining to uh, the search warrant after the fact. And so, you know, Trump might learn something and then, and then leak it. There are, there are ways we can find stuff, but the, the whole of the details won't, won't come out for a long time. And, you know, Trump is complaining that um, his people were in touch with the FBI, but, you know, clearly, uh, even if they were in touch with the FBI on this subject, the FBI felt that they, uh, that they could not just take Trump's uh, uh, counsel's word on things and that they had right. to surprise but this is standard. This is what the FBI does. They, well, they don't tell you in advance that they're going to come search your property, because if you do, you might destroy evidence. That's why they do it this way. Yeah, well, I mean, it, we have to actually wrap up right now, but there's so much here that's going to be continually developing overnight, and hopefully we find out something, because a timeline like this, they can't just announce this, or he can't just announce this, and then we just don't know. Like, I'm, I'm actually wanting to watch this play out in real time. So, Ryan Basham, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.